Good morning. How you guys doing? Good? Oh, come on. We can do better than that. How are you guys doing today? Good? There we go. Man, I tell you, I always got a second time. You 11 o'clock people, them 9 o'clockers are on it. You guys stayed up too late last night. That's what it is. Hey, listen, how many guys want to live the blessed life? Where y'all at in the house today? Where you at? All right, what do the rest of y'all want to do? Just hang out? Man, we want to live the blessed life, and we are in the blessed series. And man, let me just come out of the gate. If this is your first time with us, maybe you weren't with us last week. We're talking about a whole lot more than money. We're talking about the blessed life. All right, where are my blessed life, people? You want the blessed life, not just, not just the pocketbook, but I'll take that too. But we want the blessed life. And we, man, we are excited to be in the blessed series. Last week, we, we talked about what the blessed life looks like. And then today, we want to get into a big portion of what we have today. But man, we are just so excited uh, to be in this series. And I'm Brad Livingston. I'm the executive pastor here, if this is your first time. And man, we're honored that you chose to be with us today. So TC, let's put our hands together for all those that are with us, perhaps for the very first time. Again, I know we Welcome to them once, but man, we're, we're excited to have you with us today. Let's, we want to jump straight in. Go ahead and get your sermon notes out. You should have those with you. We want to jump straight into what we have today. Our, our opening text, Joshua 1, 7, and 8. We want to go straight into that. And so please uh, read along. It's on your sermon notes. If you have your Bible, feel free to take it out. This is, this is a text we're going to for the whole series. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Man, how many of y'all are ready to be successful wherever you go? Again, seven. I don't know what the rest of y'all are. How many are, are ready for successful business adventures? You ready for raising successful children? Come on, somebody. Parents, where y'all? Yeah, some of y'all, oh, dear God, yes, please, with these kids. So, man, that we may be successful wherever we go. I'm ready for the day that where I put my foot, it becomes successful automatically. You know what I'm talking Like, man, successful wherever we go. Why does that matter? I believe it matters for a big reason. One of the big reasons why I believe this is important is because we have to understand that where, if, how many, put it to you this way, how many guys have ever went to a retail place and someone tried to sell you something they hadn't yet bought into? Like they didn't believe what they were selling, right? How many of y'all know that was like, man, I ain't buying that. They're like, you should buy this. Like, why? Because I, you know, they told us to tell you that you should. It's like, man, I ain't buying that. You know, the people with the curling iron in the middle of the mall, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, you can't curl my hair. Get away from me. Like, it's, so they're trying to sell you stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So they're trying to say stuff. I believe it's important that we believe everything that we start trying to talk about when it comes to our faith in Jesus. How many Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you in your entire life? You can talk about it. Come on, let's give God praise today. Y'all better wake up. How many of y'all, Jesus is the greatest thing that ever happened to you in your entire life? Where y'all at? Okay. Man, y'all better come with me today. I'm excited about this series. I don't know about y'all. Let me tell you how this goes. Man, we were talking about this in Grow Track last week. A couple, not last Saturday, not yesterday, but the Saturday before, a group of us went to the Tuscan Oven. How many of y'all have been to the Tuscan Oven before for the pizza over there? Oh, well, I mean, y'all just, the rest of y'all don't know what y'all missing. Let me tell you. We went, they got one of those like ovens with a brick oven where they stick the pizza in and they spin it and it gets real hot and it cooks really fast. And then the cheese gets real melty. And it, like the steam's coming. And when it hit my table, like the steam was coming off of it and the cheese was super melty. Like it, and I picked up my slice and like the cheese, it was like a commercial. Like the cheese was stringing up to the, to the slice. And, and then I put it on my plate and it was like, it was just the right amount of greasy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, anyways, uh, so like it was, it was perfect, man. And I bit into that pizza. Well, I had to cut it. It was so hot. And I, when I bit, it was just like, it was the moment where it got silent all around me. 
Kind of like when I met my wife for the first time. No, I'm like, it was just quiet all around. And it was just like, in that moment, it was me and my pepperoni cheese pizza. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all CrossFitters don't, but some of the rest of us know what we talk about, right? Now, how many of y'all thinking about pizza right now, right? <laughs> to be honest, right? Some of y'all, man, we need to find this Tuscan oven. Where is it at? Like, we need to go after service. It's going to end in an hour, right? So, um, let me tell you, the re- let, me, let me tell you, though, if I had just said, man, I threw a tombstone in the oven last week and it was all right, y'all wouldn't have bought into what I was selling in that moment. But how many know when we talk about the goodness and the greatness of something that has happened to us, it changes how people receive what we're talking about. And when we talk about Jesus, not as just these laws that we got, there's these rules we got to follow now because I became a Christian. No, no, no. This is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Jesus came in and took me from where I was. And he brought me to where I'm at. I was on a road to hell, but now Jesus has resurrected my life and transformed me into a new creation. All things have changed in my life. Everything, all the situations hadn't got better, but all the situations are now surrendering to someone that's bigger than all my situations. Like God is so good to me. And I think that that should be a message that is abundantly clear out of every believer. And I think that when we put our foot somewhere, and it, we are successful, and people go, man, how come that person's so blessed? How many of y'all want to be the person that everyone looks at and goes, man, they're just so blessed? Like, but they're kind of bitter. It's passive-aggressive. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, they're just so blessed. They got that face. I want to be the person they're talking about. So wherever my foot goes, the favor of God is there. And I believe that where my foot goes and the favor of God is there, it gives me a voice to declare the goodness and mercies of Jesus everywhere. So I want to be successful, not just because I want things. It's not, it's not a things. We're not talking about things. We're talking about a blessed life so that wherever we go, the favor of God follows us. And if that be a business adventure and financially, so be it. But how many of you guys are ready for some more joy in your life, right? How many of y'all want more joy in your life? How many are ready for more peace in your life? You're ready for the chaos to calm a little bit, right? You're ready for God to take over your anxiety or maybe some this depression you've been fighting a little bit. How many of you guys are ready for God to swoop in and transform some situations in your life? Like, man, we want to be successful wherever we go. We want to give all of this to God. And that's what we're talking about. And it was hard for me. Pastor came to me and he said, I want you to preach the blessed series. And I said, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I really did. That was how that conversation went. And he goes, he said, like, I am like drastically opposed to the prosperity gospel. This idea that you get saved and everything just gets better. Because sometimes it doesn't get, sometimes situations don't get better. Now, the good thing is you got something in your life that's bigger and better than your situation. But how many of y'all saved and still running into some problems? Where are we at? Okay, right? So I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. What I do believe in is that the law of God's promises are true. They are yes and amen. In other words, you can live a blessed life and everything not always be perfect the way you want it, but you know you're walking in the favor of God. And that's what we're talking about, successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Say this word with me. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In other words, if and then. Now, we did this last week. Let's try it again. Let's say if. Now, y'all heard some of y'all over there. Y'all cheating. You can't just jump on the left side. You chose your seat. Right side, say then. then. 
If, if then, if we walk in God's promises, if we commit to what the Lord has instructed us to do, then we see God open up doors and windows of blessing on our life. If we don't follow through with the if, we can't expect the then in our life. So let's get into what we have today. I think Scott Thomas, Pastor Scott Thomas out of Free Life, he said it best. He said, faith got you saved, but obedience gets you blessed. Faith, listen, all you got to do to come to Jesus is repent. Turn away from that stuff of the past and look towards what Jesus has for you. Faith gets you saved. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. You can't be saved. But obedience is what gets us blessed. So we have to walk in that. Two meetings for the word blessed. Uh, The first one, we looked at them last week. The first one is when a blessing is spoken over a man that chooses the right path. So when a blessing is, cho- is spoken over, so what happens is when, we're, when the Bible is talking about a man who is blessed or a man that is, has a blessing, that is talking about that man has chosen the right path. And so he's choosing not to look to the right, not to look to the left, but to stay focused on the things that are going to bring blessings to him. And how many of you guys are ready to not look to the right when the storms blow and not look to the left when the waves get heavy, but to be fixed on God and choosing the right path. And as we choose the right path, we know that God's favor and blessing is on our life. Right. But the next one is it's kneeling under the open hands of God. And how many of us are ready to put ourselves in a position where we we kneel down and God's hands are over us and he just releases the blessings in our life. Right. I, I know if I want to be blessed by somebody, I would rather be the one whose mercies and riches never end. And so we kneel under the open hand of God. So, but we do, and it's about our life. It's about giving God our life. And inevitably, that talks a little bit, uh, it talks about our joy and our peace, and it talks about all things, and it does talk about our money. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is interested in your money. Here's where it gets hard, all right? We lost the nine o'clock service right here, just, they checked out, right? Why, though? Matthew 6 says, where your treasure is, your heart is also. Is God, does God need our finances? No, God doesn't need our finances. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The gold is his. The silver is his. He's got it all already. He doesn't need our money. What he wants is our heart. And like we talked about last week, your heart is connected to your wallet. I can prove it to you. Remember how we talked about last week? Little, you, how many of y'all been on the ramen noodle budget before? Where, like, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, we, 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 we hope we're going to make it the next week. You know what I mean? You put your own lot box over the Gulf Powers loft box so they can't get in. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, ha, gotcha. No, it's a, you're just hoping, give me another few days, Gulf Power. That's all we're saying. And, and we've, been, we've been in that place before, but little Johnny wants to play soccer, and you got to pay $260 in four days. And you're like, man, but you come up with that $260. Why? Because your children have your heart. And you'll do whatever it takes to give your children what they need and sometimes what they want. Now, some of y'all parents need to give them a little less of what they want. And that's a whole nother, not going there. I see y'all looking at people. Stop. Don't, you're going to start a war in here. So anyway, 
Matthew 6 is that, so let me help you understand something today, all right? Because what we're going to talk about tithing some today, but what we're talking about in tithing is we're talking about tithing to honor God, not just tithing to give to God. In other words, we're giving the Lord of our tithe, and I think we, we tithe with our time, we tithe with our talents, we tithe with our treasures, so our finances, our time. Um, but how many guys will know and admit with me that God isn't so much concerned about getting, making sure he gets my finances, God wants my honor. God wants us to honor him. And how do we do that? We do that by giving him our first. When he's the first thing that we wake up to in the morning, when he's the first person we think about when we roll out of bed, when he's the first person, every time I wake out of my bed, I wake up and I get out of my bed, I look to God and I say, God, thank you for today. And how many guys will admit that there have been times in life where problems and situation have arise in our life? They've come against us. Things have set in. Things, problems have set in. And we've come and we've tried to say, listen, everything hadn't got fixed yet, but I believe in a God that's bigger than my problem, right? And for those of you that are new, maybe it's your first time, my son, uh, my son Jabin, he's been sick, been diagnosed with a disease, and, and when I wake up in the morning, I walk into his room, and I see him, and we're believing that God is going to supernaturally heal my son. I'm believing for a miracle, but here's the deal. He hasn't done it yet, so we still have to wait, but I still live a blessed life in the meantime, we have to declare out our mouth that we are still blessed when we haven't seen the thing that we're praying for. Because the blessed life isn't about getting everything we want. The blessed life is about walking in the favor of a God who loves us. Come on, somebody. How many guys are paid weekly? Where y'all at? Weekly pay. You guys get paid every week. Not W-E-A-K, W-E-E-K-L. You, know, you don't get, it's not week pay. You wish you got a raise. Like you, weekly, bi-weekly, where are we at? Bi-weekly, anyone? It's okay. No one's, we ain't making fun of you. Where are the monthly people at? All right? I feel, hey, listen, shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? Like monthly people, golly. Let me tell you what happens. I, I've noticed about young people that get paid monthly. They have two different lifestyles that run at the same time. So they get paid on, on the first of the month, and the first two weeks, boy, look, they live in a lifestyle that just don't even make sense. Buying stuff they don't need. Look, I got this new Viking hat. Why do you need a Viking hat? It was on sale. I just thought, you know, we got a Viking hat. Like buying stuff that don't even make sense, right? But the last two weeks, come on, somebody. Back in the day when I was getting in trouble, it was like, I told you, I can cook ramen noodles 31 different ways. Make an egg drop, egg drop ramen noodle soup, you know, like bologna. Anyway, so, but what we want you to understand is no matter where you are in life, God is not interested in the dollar amount that you give. He's interested in the honor that you give when you give. And I want to make sure that we're clear about that before we jump into the rest of today, because we want you to understand I am not here. God is not here to try to drive money out of your wallet. That's not what tithing about. Tithing isn't about getting anything from you. Tithing is about getting something for you. Because when we walk into tithing, we walk into the understanding that God has exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or ask. And he wants to give that to us. Let's jump straight into uh, what we have today, Malachi 3, 6, and 9 says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. In other words, God is saying, listen, man, if it wasn't for, I'm, if it wasn't for how I want to honor you, I'd have done wiped y'all out by now. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Then he says, but you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? They're talking back to God. God says, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. Then he says, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Now, I think it's important that we talk about this when we're talking about tithing, um, because I don't believe, uh, I believe that when Jesus went to the cross and the New Testament says that Jesus destroyed every curse, that the Bible is true when he said that. How many guys are with me on that? The Bible is true when he said that. But here's, what, here's the way I try to paint the picture to people that I go, but God said he broke every curse, that every curse is broken, but now we're saying we can be cursed. How many guys remember in Luke 15, and maybe, maybe you don't know this story, there's a story of the prodigal son or the story of two sons, right? And the prodigal son comes to his father and he says, dad, I want my inheritance. So his father was very rich. He says, I want my inheritance. And so his father says, uh, okay. And, and what would usually have happened at that point is the father would have died and then the son's got the inheritance. But the younger son comes to the father and says, I don't, essentially he's saying, I don't really care about you. I don't really want a relationship with you. I just want what you're going to give me when you die. In other words, you're already dead to me. Just give me what I want and let me leave. And I can tell you how that would have went at the Livingston house. You know, like, but his father gives it to him. He goes, he squanders it all away, right? He spends it on women and, and drinking and gambling and all that. He, he squandered all that money away, finds himself living in a pig pen, and he's eating with the pigs. Now, here's the question that I have for you. If you looked at his life, you would de definitely say he is cursed. But did God go out of his way, or did the father go out of his way to curse him? Or did he remove the opportunity for his father's favor on his life and by default fall into a cursed life? And that's what happens when we step out of giving to God what God asked for. It's not that God's sitting there going like firing off curses at us like, oh, boom, you know, your car's going to break down. Boom. Like, like he's not making bad things happen to us. We have stepped out of the favor where God's hands of blessing are over us, we've stepped out of that. And because we've stepped out of that, we've now opened ourselves up to the opportunity that where God would have intervened with blessing, he now doesn't. Because we haven't sown seed for blessing, we're not going to receive seed for blessing. Does that make sense for you guys? And so that's what we have to understand. Malachi 3 is saying here, it's not that God's up there in heaven waiting to just show us how bad we've been. No, 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 no. It's that God is looking for every opportunity to help us understand that when we give to him, he wants to give back to us. But when we don't have good seed on the ground, how can we possibly expect the harvest to come back? And so God wants to show us. Let's keep going. Malachi 3, 10 says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, say this word, if. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, put a then right here. Then I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to contain it. And then God says, try it. Put me to the test. In other words, God's saying, try me. So I grew up with a bit of an anger problem. I know none of y'all believe that because I like to laugh all the time, right? But some of y'all know that I grew up with a pretty bad anger problem, um, and I just like to fight for no reason. How many of y'all got, like, cousins and stuff? I got, man, I got buddies that just, like, they would, they would pick on people just to fight, you know what I mean? And so I grew up, and there was a phrase we used to use all the time where we would just be like, try me. Try me. 
And, right? Now, I, thank God I won most of the fights I got in. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know how everyone can say that because somebody had to lose. You know what I mean? Like, if everyone won all their fights, someone lost. Anyways, that's not so. But God is saying here, try me. In other words, test me and see that it won't be true. And, and this man, a, a guy came up to me after the 9 o'clock service, and he said, Pastor, uh, I got a question for you. I just got a question about tithing and all these things that you guys are talking about. He said, so um, I started tithing. Uh, you know, I, I came to Pastor Dan and said, I want to start tithing. So I started tithing. And I'm just I'm, I'm wondering, is there a cap to this? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, is there a limit that I can reach? And I was like, what? You know, like, I, I wasn't grabbing a hand. He said, so I started tithing. And so when I, I, I gave... Um, you know, I started giving, and then the Lord just started blessing my life. And I was like, so I didn't know what to do, so I started giving more. And then the Lord blessed me more. And I was like, I was like yeah, that's how it works. He's like, so is there a cap to this? And I was like, I was like no. He's like, oh, okay. I'm going to just keep going then. I was like, you do that, you know. Like, but, man, if you do, you can put God to the test, and I promise you he'll come through. Malachi 3, 11 and 12 Keep going. It says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Now, I don't know if any of you guys are farmers in here, right? So for us, it's not about our crops, but it's about our life, our income. He will protect those things. For I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's, uh, heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. That God wants to bless us. And when we lock into this principle, he can do that. Malachi uh, chapter, uh, Malachi, the book of Malachi, is one of the things that God is trying to do in there. Is he's showing us how when we return to God, God desires to return to us. And so God steps in and he says, I want you to return to me in your faith in chapter 1. Then he says, I want you to return to me in your family in chapter 2. And then he says, I want you to return to me in your finances in chapter 3. And if you return to me in your faith, your family, your finances, he says in chapter 4, I will return to you. And the whole book of Malachi is about returning to God so that God can return to us. So here's what I want you to understand today. As believers, there's a standard operating procedure for how we become blessed. So there's an SOP for how we get blessed or a spiritual operating procedure, you know, if you want to make a Christian t-shirt about it. So the, the SOP for us is that just like the Lord told us to worship him, just like the Lord told us to pray, just like the, told, the Lord told us to read the Bible, the Lord commanded us to fast, and that we do all of those things. He also said to tithe, and that as we tithe, he will take care of us. Blessed Christians are tithing Christians. And if you're not blessed, then by default, are you tithing? Not just with our finances, I'm talking time, I'm talking your talents, I'm talking if you can do something but you're not doing anything in the kingdom with it, man, how can you use that for the kingdom of God, right? So let's keep going. Number one, on your notes, we want you to know that tithing is a test. Turn to your neighbor and say, tithing is a test. It's a test. All throughout the Bible, the number 10 represents the test, right? So how many plagues were in Egypt? 10. How many commandments were given? 10. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? 10. How many times was Jacob's wages changed? 10. How many days was Daniel tested? 
10. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? 10. How many days are tested are mentioned in Revelation? 10. In other words, God is constantly connecting the number 10 to the test that he has for our life. And so the, the, one of the good analogies, I was just up in Kentucky for a week seeing my grandma. And, and up in Kentucky, man, they still, Kentucky is different than every other state. I'm convinced, man. They still got roads that don't show up on maps. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, where are we? We don't know. Like, Siri got lost in Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? So, so we were up there, and one of the things they have up there is those wells. Y'all know the wells that you pump? Well, some of y'all know. These young people are like, pump? What are we pumping? Like, what do we got to... The wells you pump, you got to pump water out. There's a story of a guy who was in the desert, and he comes across a well, very thirsty. He comes across the well. Um, but how many guys know you got to prime that pump? So sometimes you can sit there and pump for 10 minutes and get nothing out of it, just sitting there pumping, pumping, pumping. So he comes up to the well, he's so thirsty, and, and sitting on the well is a bucket, and the bucket is full of water, and on it is a sign. It says you can use this water you can drink this water or you can use it to prime the pump. And if you use it to prime the pump, then you can pump all the fresh water you want out of it, right? But if you drink the water, then the next person is going to have to work hard to prime the pump. But if you prime it, you can have all the water you want. In other words, you can have the little bucket or you can have the whole well. And what Jesus is telling us is when we give our tithe, we're saying, all right, I'm going to pour this little bit in so that I can have all of the well. We can tap into the whole source. And so when we give the little bit, the problem is too many of us are satisfied on living off one bucket of warm, stale water. We haven't topped it, tapped into the source where all things come from. And we have to understand that that opportunity is available to us. People come to us all the time, they're like, but that's the Old Testament, Pastor. You know, Malachi 3, that's Old Testament. We don't have to work with the Old Testament. Uh, first of all, where, you had to tell me where Jesus came in and destroyed the law. The, I'm pretty sure the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So that means oh, much of it still exists. I don't know about you, we ain't walking around killing people, right? At least we're not allowed to. Some of y'all at work, you might, you know, never mind. But, so the Ten Commandments still hold true. We still don't covet our neighbor. We still don't, we still don't have any gods before him. In other words, we still follow through with much of what God said in the Old Testament. But I still want to show you Matthew 23, 23. That Jesus says this, because I think this is helpful for you. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. In other words, you give your tithe. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He goes on to say, you should have practiced the latter, justice, mercy, faithfulness, without neglecting the former. In other words, Jesus is saying, no, 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 tithe. But we need to be introducing justice and mercy and faithfulness to that. So... We have to do that. But here's the analogy that I want you to understand today because people come to us and like, Pastor, I just can't give that. Like, I just, I just can't. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you start. I'm going to say that again. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you start. So here's, I, I need some help today. Shane, come here. Come here. Come on. Hurry up. I know. Come on. Get up. Hurry up. With haste, sir. <laughs> That's what happens when you sit on the front row. You got no guarantees, right? <laughs> All right. 
So I'm gonna give you this, all right? That's your, that's your first, hold on to it, all right? Remember which one that one is. All right, now I'm gonna give you these. You gotta hold on, you gotta hold all of them, there you go. Okay, so, yeah, I know, I know. That's, all right, so I'm giving you that. But what I'm gonna ask you is that you give me one of those back, your first one back, all right? But because you gave me this one, man, you drop, come on now, you're dropping your blessing now, you gotta, gotta get a hold of it. That one's, there you go, come on some, I can't see it now, the lights, okay, good. All right, but if you give me one of those back, now here's what I want to do. Oh, oh, Shane, what? Hold on. What you're saying is you can't contain it, right? Like you can't hold it all, is what you're telling me. So you're saying that it's too much. You can't hold it anymore. Like, there's too much blessing for you to hold on to at this point, right? Church, when we give the 10th, we open up the opportunity for there to be too much for us to hold on to. Like, there's too much blessing. I, there's nothing I can do with it. Like, there's more here. You can put it here. Yeah, can you pick these up for me? You're a good man, Shane. Folks, when we give God the first, he gives, but then when we give God more, he just gives more. But then when we give God more, then he just gives more. And then we give again, but then God says, no, you gave. Here, I'm going to give you some more. There's no cap to this thing. Like, there's no lid. How many of you in here today have tested it and seen true that when we give to God, God just keeps giving back to us? Like, I can't figure this thing out. It doesn't make any sense to me, but he just keeps on giving back. Like, God is looking for a way to bless his children. You kneel under his hand, and he opens it up, and the riches and the mercy of God reign in your life. You want your marriage to get better? Both of you start serving somewhere and watch God start to do amazing things in your life. You want your finances to change? Start giving God some and watch what he does in your life. Give him the first tenth. The tithe means first and tenth. Give him the first tenth, see what God does in your life. I have a buddy of mine right now, multimillionaire. I wish we were better buddies, but apparently we're not. <laughs> Friend of mine. He was bringing in, he was, he was doing all right for himself, bringing in, I think right at $27 million a year. Yeah, I, I told you, I wish we were better friends. Um, 27 million a year, him and his wife sat down one day. And they said, we don't need all this stuff. His kids are grown. He's got like two yachts, three houses, all of them are like six bedrooms. He said, I don't need all this. And so they changed their lifestyle so they could live on uh, $220,000 a year. Yeah, right? Like, oh, oh, darn. You know what I mean? So, um, but good for them. So he said, we're going to live on, we're going to live on 200, right at $200,000 a year. We're going to give away uh, $26,800,000. we are just going to give it away. Missionaries and churches and nonprofits, they just started giving away money. And so the problem is, is the very next year after they decided to do that, his income was $34 million that year. And he was like, but they held true. No, we're not going to take any of it. We're going to give it all away and we're going to live on 200,000. The next year he brought in over 50 million. 
but they held to their promise. No, we're going to live on 200,000. Like 200,000 is a slum, you know what I'm saying? Like we're all like, can I get that? You know what I'm saying? So no, they held true. No, we're going to live on $200,000. A couple of years ago, I haven't talked to him in a, while, a little while, but I know a couple of years ago, he brought in $92 million and gave away $91,800,000. Why? Because there's no cap to this thing. Like God's riches are unending. And the problem is we're trying to live from the bucket of lukewarm water and we've completely missed the point that there's a whole well waiting for us. That man, when we give God the first, he's looking for a way to give us the best and give us the rest. The last fill in the blank is that tithing is a blessing to us. Tithing is a blessing to us. You wanna live the blessed life? Give more. It's not difficult. It's simple. It's not always easy, but it's simple. Here's one thing I will tell you. Tithing is a constant faith walk because you will constantly find yourself in a position of going, man, I'm gonna give this. I don't know if I can make it, except for my buddy, Chris. He, he, can, he can make it. He's doing fine. But for the rest of us, man, sometimes tithing is a faith walk, but it's a necessary one. Here's what I know. It's this weird place. Tithers can't afford to tithe and non-tithers can't. I want y'all to grab a hold of that. I said tithers seem to be able to tithe, but non-tithers don't seem to be able to tithe. In other words, you'll never be able to tithe until you start. Let me encourage you today. This isn't about us. Listen, we've done just fine financially. Pastors set it up years ago where we don't look at the giving report for what individual people give. I don't know what you give. I don't know what you, I don't know what anyone in this church gives. This isn't about us getting more money. This is about you living a blessed life. This is that God has favor and blessing. He wants to give to you. I'm just trying to show you how to get it because his word is true. How many guys know that God's word is true? That it is yes and amen. That he, what he declares, he will come through on. And we talked about it last week. God is not circumstantial. God is a principle God. And when we operate out of principle, when we give, it will come back to us. If we're sowing negativity, if we're sowing bitterness, if you're the type of person that every time you walk around, you got something bad to say all the time, guess what's gonna come back to you? Bad stuff. If you're always negative, negative Nancy, if you are sister sandpaper and you're rubbing everybody the wrong way, then you are naturally going to attract negativity because you're sowing it, you're gonna reap it. But for those of us that are sowing joy, peace, we're looking for an opportunity to tell somebody, man, God loves you today. I'm so excited for what God's gonna do in your life. When we start to lock into those principles, we start to see those things released in our life. When we start to give, we see those things released in our life. When we give our tenth, when we give our tithes, when we give our first, and we go to God and say, I'm gonna give you this. And God's saying, try me, because I'm gonna give it back to you. But here's what I want you to this last quote. Your obedience dictates your blessing. God spoke it. You want to walk in the blessed life, follow the principles. This is, you're not following what Pastor Brad said. You're following biblical principles. You're following the Bible. There's a thought. Like living in what the Lord told us. Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 31, King Hezekiah comes to the people. The land is not blessed anymore. 
And when he comes to the people, he's like, man, the blessing, we're just not, the nation isn't blessed. What's going on? He goes back to the writings and he says, man, I've been reading about our history. And when the people were tithing to God, when the nation tithed, man, God was blessing the nation. And we've fallen from that and we're not doing that anymore. And he created a mandate. We're all going to tithe the first tenth of all of our crops. And they did that. And the Bible says that in the third and seventh month that the harvest was so large that king walked into the temple and the priests they were the the people were unloading uh, at the temple and he said where is all of these crops coming from like why do we have all of this and the, the priest said if you think this is a lot you should see the barns of your people because when the doors open stuff is flowing out of them and how many guys are ready to start living the life where when the doors open of your house that that your your financial blessing is flowing out of them that when you open your mouth, joy is just flowing out, that peace is flowing out, that, that, that faithfulness is flowing out, that everything about us is declaring the goodness of who God is in our life. That's the blessed life. I'm ready to live it. How about you? You raise your hand with me today. If that's you, you just want to walk in the blessings, the favor of God. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I just want to declare right now blessings over your people, God. Lord, we're not misunderstanding what this is about, God. We're not saying that blessings are more important than the blesser. What we're saying is that we, God, as servants of the Most High, we wanna be faithful with what you've spoken to us. And so we kneel under the open hands of a Father who loves us, God. And we wanna commit that we're going to give, yes, financially, but more than that, God, we wanna give of ourselves so that we're not just living a blessed financial life, we want the blessed life, the blessings and favor that you have for us, God. And so, Lord, I just pray that you open up the windows of heaven, God. Those that may not have ever gave before, God, they're gonna start giving right now, Lord, and that as they do that, I pray that you see their heart, you give back to them in the measure that you have promised. Father, you do that. God, those that, Lord, you're gonna do a shift in their attitude, God, that they've been sowing discord and negativity, and God, you're gonna do a shift in that attitude, Lord, and they're gonna start sowing uh, righteousness, and they're gonna start sowing uh, agreement, God, and they're gonna start encouraging others, Father, and that in that, you're gonna start to build them back up. Up, Father, Lord, that those that have not served, maybe they've been reluctant to give of their time, God, because they feel they don't have enough of it, God, that as they start to give their time, maybe they commit to growth track and they start to commit to giving their time, that in that, God, you're going to give back to them more than they could possibly imagine. God, that we want the blessed life. So, Father, we just commit to you to follow your principles. God, all that we ask and we know is that you will commit back to us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and all your eyes closed. Maybe you're in this place and you say, man, Pastor Brad, that sounds great. I'm signing up for that. I want all the apples or whatever. Like you're in this place and you say, no, God, I, Pastor Brad, I, I, I want this. And God, I, I want a life change. But more than that, God cares about one thing more than any of that. And that he cares about your eternity. And it would be such a shame that we stand here and tell you how God wants you to have a blessed life, but we fail to mention how God wants to touch eternity in your life. The Bible says in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. We can talk about giving today because the giver is the one who already gave it all. 
Jesus looked out and saw sin in my life, saw sin in your life. And he said, the only way that that person's gonna make it to heaven is if someone pays a price for them that they couldn't possibly pay themselves. And so he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross. And he died on the cross so that me and you, so that we wouldn't have to die an eternal death in hell. But he said, I love you that much. I'm gonna give my life. And the Bible says that all you have to do is repent of your sins, turn away from them. Repenting isn't apologizing, repenting is turning away. And put your faith in Christ, declare that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sins. And if you're in this place right now and you say, Pastor Brad, I want to give my life to Jesus. I wanna be saved today. I wanna know that if I die, I'm going to heaven and I want to follow Jesus. I wanna put my faith in him. If that's you today, you wanna put your faith in Jesus Christ, you want to be saved. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I wanna pray for you today. If that's you, I wanna be saved, Pastor. Would you just raise your hand right now? I want to be saved. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I told you I'm not gonna embarrass you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome, awesome. Hands are going up. Is there anyone else that said, I wanna give my life to Jesus today, Pastor? God bless you. I want him to take control of my life. Here's what we're gonna do, church, and if you're watching us on live stream, we want you to pray this prayer, and the whole church is gonna pray with you. You're not praying it by yourself. If you put your faith in Jesus today and you're repenting and turning from your sins, that's all it takes to be saved. But let's declare from our mouth that we are putting our faith in Jesus Christ and let's declare with a prayer that we are saved. And so uh, if you raise your hand or you didn't and you wanna declare this, the whole church is gonna pray it with you. So let's pray it with our brothers and sisters, TC. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure, make me whole. I believe you lived a perfect life. You died on the cross and that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. I believe in you. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that. That's the very first time, man. We